As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The waiting is over. The New York Rangers are the Stanley Cup champions. And this one will last a lifetime. Howdy, everybody. Arthur Staple here. Welcome back to the Garden Faithful, your New York Rangers podcast from The Athletic. Just want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. And we have an actual Ranger game tonight. Uh, Bruins are in town. The Rangers get back from their two-week break um, with a little all-star game in between. Uh, many thanks to Dom Moore for stopping by last week uh, with some great insight into the Rangers and the league and some talk about Smash Fest, which hopefully will be coming back either to the States or Toronto or both uh, next offseason. It's a great cha- ping pong tournament for charity, uh, which fans can buy tickets to. It's a pretty exciting event. Um, flying solo here with my producer, Chris Flannery, uh, coming on later on to break down a few Ranger questions that have kind of been floating through the ether through the comments section the last uh, week or so. Um, but tonight, there's a hockey game and the Rangers are back at it after four practices, practice days. Um, second time this season, they've been able to string together four practices and it worked very well for them back in November where they kind of at their low point of the season, they were coming back from Western Canada where they'd blown a couple of two goal leads in Vancouver and Edmonton, then got blown out badly in Calgary, came back, had one game, uh, at home against Florida, which they barely hung on thanks to Igor Shesterkin. And then took a breath, had a, almost a full week off four days of practices and they've been a lot better in their details since then. Um, still not perfect, but but I think that was kind of a turning point for them in terms of the way that they want to play with a few glaring examples of, of 
kind of drifting back to that, giving up way too many shots and chances and relying too much on Igor Shosturkin. But four practices uh, over the weekend and into this week, uh, by all accounts, everyone very happy with them, very happy to, again, reinforce those details. You know, it's really a time uh, learning a little bit about how Gerard Gallant operates. It's really a time for Mike Kelly, his, uh, his longtime assistant, to kind of put some things into practice that they've seen off video not that Galan is a, isn't a, a details guy. He's more the reinforcement. Let's do this. Here's the reasons why. Um, and I think they uh, they had some good work. Uh, shook off the rust a little bit. You never know until you get back out on the ice uh, and start hitting some people on in different colored jerseys how it's going to go. But um, but really the the main thing too, not just getting back to games, but also Adam Fox getting back to games after missing a couple. Before the break, with uh, an unspecified injury, upper body, I believe they called it, uh, skipped the All-Star game. He's been practicing all week. He looks good. Um, you know, it, it makes their defense whole again. Obviously, he's not a guy that's that can be replaced at all, certainly not with what they have in their in their lineup. I think you saw a little bit of maybe what's to come with, with Braden Schneider taking on some of the responsibilities uh, that Fox has, at least at five on five, playing a little bit with, with uh, Ryan Lindgren, um, you know, playing some penalty kill, playing even a little bit of power play, I think in that game that, that Fox went out. So, you know, I think Schneider has really, uh, really opened some eyes. You know, I think a lot of the, the brain trust that was here, that's no longer here when he was drafted, felt pretty confident about him. And, uh, and I think maybe that is being borne out right now where he's supplanted Niels Lundqvist as that uh, third pair guy on the right side. He's playing a little PK. He's kind of steadied out the pairing with, with Patrick Nemeth, whether Nemeth gets back in tonight, still up in the air, but even if it's Zach Jones, um, it really allows them to play Zach Jones too, because they have a, a partner on that third pair. Who's, who's a little bit more dependable and can give Jones a little bit more of the freedom to roam or whether it's Libor Hayek, who's also had some struggles in and out of the lineup. So Fox does a lot of things for them, and obviously, power play, which was still operating pretty well without him, um, will go back to being a, you know a twenty six twenty seven percent efficiency group with him, and um, yeah, it's uh, it makes a big difference. One of the absences that I think caught up people a little bit by surprise was uh, Capo Caco, who missed the six games before the break. Uh, he was warming up and came came off the ice, didn't come back out for. Uh, for the game and uh, it was termed day to day. They were kind of meandering along. Let's let him rest. And then came word over the weekend from Gerard Gallant that Capo Kaka will be out at least another month with this unspecified injury. Um, and that's a big blow. You know, the right side obviously has been uh, a, a very thin spot for the Rangers this year. They had Sammy Blay early in the year playing reasonably well, kind of helping structure the, the, the guys where they needed to be. He went down for the year with a torn ACL Kako hadn't been producing a whole lot as we've discussed here and discussed on on our site um, quite a bit, but uh, but at least you know generating chances, keeping up with his line mates, whether it was mostly Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, sometimes Artemi Panarin and Ryan Strom, um, just to be able to have that guy there, uh, even if he wasn't going to score twenty five goals this year, it's it still has an impact, and now his absence will have an impact too. It's Alexi Lafreniere back up on the top line, Barkley Goodrow back. On the second line with Stroman Panarin, and third line, good luck. Uh, it's going to be Dryden Hunt, Philip Heedle, and Julian Gauthier tonight. Uh, we've seen some version of that 
on and off all season. And uh, we don't want to keep running down the same guys, but it's been a while since Julian Gauthier scored a goal. It's been a while since Dryden Hunt scored a goal. If you're going to put those guys out, plus you have Kevin Rooney, Greg McKegg, Ryan Reeves on the fourth line. He'll even, you know, who's he'll be back after missing a couple of games as well before the break. But um, but when you've got five of your bottom six that have gone this long without scoring a goal or really, you know, having any kind of positive impact uh, on the offense, it's uh, – it's a lot of time on the ice without a, without a real feeling that you can you can produce something. So um, that'll lead into our next segment when we get fired back up, uh, spinning off of the what we're hearing piece that I did the other day that uh, centers around forwards uh, and and the lack of the the lack of them for the Rangers right now. So with Kako out, uh, he'll be back right around the trade deadline. So we'll see if that has an impact on what Chris Drury decides to do or if. You know, in the next few games as they get ramped back up, things look pretty bleak offensively, especially on that right side. Uh, maybe he'll act a little bit faster than you'd think. Um, as we mentioned, Zach Jones back up from Hartford. Uh, he and Niels Lundqvist were a pretty good pair in Hartford, I think, during the Rangers break, um, getting a lot of minutes. Uh, you know, I think Lundqvist, it's just a numbers game right now on the right side. Schneider's uh, more reliable than him, I think, has a little bit more trust from the coaching staff. So he's in, Lundquist is still in Hartford, and that left side now suddenly has the opening where I think the right side was maybe the, the open spot in camp that Lundquist grabbed. Now it's the left side. Nemeth uh, still either dealing with an injury, he'd missed some time for personal reasons uh, before the break. I think it's been a rough go for him personally and professionally so far in his first year in New York. Um so maybe Jones slots in, maybe Hayek slots in, depending on the on the opponent. Maybe it's a rotation of all three. But I think Zach Jones, who was certainly my in my view, and I think a lot of people outside the organization's view, is the guy that was the odd man out uh, in terms of if you're going to trade one of your good young defensemen. He may have worked his way back in. Um, you know, Schneider. Uh, it's a it would be a very young pair for a third pair. You know, you can shelter them pretty well at home. Um, and I think Jones adds a little bit to that second power play. Not that they get a ton of time, but um, but it, it's an interesting pair going forward to see if they can make that work, figure something out to do with with Patrick Nemeth. Um, if you can give his PK minutes to Braden Schneider on a consistent basis, then uh, then you've got something. And and maybe instead of Nemeth, you you know that allows Chris Drury with the ample cap space that they have to bring in a, a guy as a seventh defenseman or maybe someone to spot in for Jones if you're getting close to the playoffs, certain games, certain opponents. You maybe have a guy who's been there and done that a little bit more than Nemeth um, who can kind of steady that group out because it's, you know, Rangers are headed towards the playoffs and it's going to be the first playoff series for a lot of these guys, especially on D. Um, so you maybe want a guy who uh, who can steady the ship a little bit, who, who's been in these situations before, and we'll get into some names uh, in our second segment. Tonight the Bruins come in and – the Rangers, uh, I don't know if you want to call it good luck, uh, good fortune, whatever, clean living continues. No Brad Marchand, which is was a bit of – Artemi Panarin claimed it was a bit of a surprise. Um, Artemi still rocking the Nokia flip phone, doesn't really look up the news on his, on his, uh, on his uh, electronic devices. So he claimed that he didn't know that Marchand, who he got into a dust-up with the last time these two teams played, the day after Thanksgiving up in Boston where Marchand – chirped him about going back to or saying no one likes you in Russia and Panarin did not like to hear that. Um, so no Marshawn tonight, so we won't revisit that. 
which is too bad because even if it wasn't Panarin, I'm sure Ryan Reeves would have uh, a thing or two to say, or maybe one of the other players on the team. And no Patrice Bergeron for the Bruins, and obviously Tuukka Rask has now announced his retirement, kind of aborted his uh, his late season comeback um, hip, which just wasn't right, and he's out. So the Bruins are not the the big bad Bruins of old, but um, still going to be a challenge for the Rangers. And then they've got the Red Wings coming in on Thursday, and they'll feature a little bit more in our second segment as well. So uh, we'll be back in a minute, and we'll talk some trade talk, trade rumors, our favorite topic as we get towards the deadline. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. We'll get into our favorite topic, even though we're still five weeks away from the trade deadline. And there was one trade that happened yesterday. So that's good to kind of make it as a benchmark. But um Otherwise, things around the Rangers are pretty quiet for now. They don't, I don't know that they feel an incredible sense of urgency despite missing Kako, despite still getting outchanced and outshot a lot. They feel like they're in a good spot, and they obviously are. They're pretty secure 15 points or so ahead of the, the playoff pack that's trying to get into the, the top eight. Um, so you don't really sense that there's a need to panic and start throwing assets around to bring in guys, especially rentals. So um, Chris Drury is making calls, I'm sure, and inquiring on a lot of guys and kind of setting himself up for, for March 21st or maybe a little bit before, but there doesn't seem to be an urgency to jump. That doesn't mean there's things not things going on. So where are we with them? As I mentioned in in the What We're Hearing piece, JT Miller, I think, is a guy that uh, there's been some conversation on. There's certainly reports elsewhere that and things that I've heard that um, the former Ranger is a guy that, that could be a real legitimate target for a lot of reasons. Um, He's a point-per-game player in Vancouver, has a year left of 5.25, which complicates things. You know, the Rangers, I think you would have said earlier on, maybe they were looking for just straight rentals because of their cap situation going into next season gets much tighter. Um, So tight, I think, that if they want to bring back Ryan Strom, they're probably not in the market for someone with any sort of term that, uh, you know, at at an AAV over, you know, 3 million or so because Capococco needs a new deal. You go down beyond this season, Keandre Miller needs a new deal. They're going to need a backup goalie, probably getting rid of Alexander Georgiev. So there's a lot of things that come into play in the offseason that may complicate things in terms of acquiring someone going forward. However, when you have a guy like Miller, and I think he's better really than any of the rental forwards that are out there, maybe you think about sweetening a deal like that to get Vancouver to to retain half of the cap hit. Um, You know, that certainly will involve a first round pick. It certainly will involve one of the Rangers A, you know, B plus and above level prospects. Lundquist seems like the guy that's that's the odd man out right now, just based on 
how things look and how the organization views their defensemen. Um, still a, a obviously young, talented guy, but they have uh, they have Adam Fox, they have Jacob Truba, and now they have Braden Schneider. And I don't know that Nils Lundqvist has a way forward on the right side ahead of any of those three guys. Truba signed very long term. Adam Fox isn't going anywhere, and Braden Schneider isn't going anywhere. So, um. And Lundqvist really does fill a need for Vancouver, who are kind of shy on the right side on defense. So um, there's a trade fit there, which is a reason. There's a fit in the Rangers lineup with Miller. Um, and I think beyond this season, you know, Ryan Strom, uh, from what I understand, there's still conversations going on. I think they still see a, a way through to keep him in New York for at least the next few years. You know, I think if it's if it's a demand where it goes beyond say three or four years or something that starts with a six in terms of the AAV, then maybe you don't see Ryan Strom here next season. But if you acquire JT Miller, then you have a guy who's played center, can also play wing. Maybe there's some chemistry there with him and Panarin. Maybe you've got your number two center without having to break the bank and go somewhere else, maybe shopping for a Tomas Hurdle, who, you know, even without Strom in the mix, can you afford Tomas Hurdle on the open market? Reigns to be seen. There's just not a lot of guys who can fill that number two center role. And um, so I think that debate is probably going on internally right now. Um, as far as other forwards go, you know, I think, uh, Phil Kessel is on the market. I don't know if that's a guy you want to make your plan a, but maybe on trade on deadline day, if, if you really have some space left over and a need, he, do, he does play the right side. His attitude, I think is a little bit better than most people would give it credit for. So maybe he's a consideration and those Red Wings that are coming in in a couple of days are pretty much open for business. Uh, I think that puts the likes of another former Ranger, Vlad Nemesnikov, who would be a pretty cheap ad. I think the Red Wings probably wouldn't be asking for more than a third round pick or something commensurate with that, uh, since the Rangers don't have their third this coming this coming draft. Um, so he's someone that you could see adding to the mix. Um, you know, and a couple other names that maybe are surprising. It's cer- certainly still early uh, on Long Island, and the odds of the Islanders and Rangers making any sort of deal are always very low. But Cal Clutterbuck, this guy who plays the right side, he's 34. He's not an offensive dynamo, um, but you know what you get from him, and he's certainly given it the last couple of years in the playoffs, even though he's it's taken a toll on him. Um, is he a guy that the Rangers, if they want to go the cheaper route and not give up assets to at least – improve their right side depth, have a guy who can play the third line, can play the fourth line, um, can contribute on occasion. You know what you get from him. And I think that's that's kind of the thing. You have a lot of guys on this roster. You not you don't know what you're going to get or you do see what you're going to get right now and the Gautiers and the Hunts and maybe even the Reeves and the Roonies. Um, and if they're not giving what you need them to give through this long stretch of the playoffs and this crucial run towards the playoffs, then – you know, can you rely on them in the playoffs? There are certainly some bigger names. Um, Claude Giroux is probably the biggest name as far as a pure rental goes. Uh, and he's a guy that we've seen reports that Colorado uh, is interested and in. maybe he's interested in Colorado. He has a full no move. The ball is entirely in his court. I'm always a little bit stumped at uh, teams that are saying, well, I only want to send him out west or if they're a western team, I only want to send him east. I don't think Claude Giroux is settling down and down in you know in the suburbs of Philly for the rest of his life, where he feels like he's going to ruin his legacy by going to the Rangers. Um, so we'll see what kind of offers are made there. Um, I don't think 
I don't think the Rangers are uninterested in Giroux, that's for sure. I think he's a guy that has that experience level that they're looking for. He's been a captain in Philly for a long time. He can play the wing. He can play center. Uh, he's a gamer. You know, I think he, he he checks some boxes, and they can certainly afford the contract. Maybe that drives down the price a little bit. But if he's only interested in going out west or going to one or two teams, um, you know, then there's really nothing you can do, and you're certainly not going to break the bank for a rental. So, um, you know, Patrick Kane was a guy that I mentioned, you know, a guy who has some term left, but obviously at 10.5 per the Hawks would have to have to retain 50% for sure for him to go almost anywhere for a chance to win a cup. Uh, that sounds like it's a decision that's not going to be made for a little while. The Hawks are still looking for a GM. Kane expressed to our Chicago writers that he'd like to have some say in that. I don't know how that's going to fly with ownership. But uh, from what I understand, he has a decision to make if he wants to try to chase a cup somewhere else. And, you know, New York is always high on the list of guys like him. And if the Rangers could make that work uh, down the road, certainly one of the premier right wings, even at age 33 or 34, whatever, however old he is now. So, um, there are some options, you know, in Vegas, uh, they've done a, t- a bit of a tap dance here with Mark Stone going on LTIR and Jack Eichel coming off. They're going to do everything they can over these next five weeks to keep from having to lose anybody before the deadline. So Riley Smith, who's a guy who made a lot of sense too, doesn't really seem right now like he's in play. Maybe that's going to change if Stone is, is ready to go, or if they feel like the, the chemistry isn't working without Stone in the lineup, um, so that's that's one to keep an eye on, but a little bit more on the back burner right now, uh, even though it made a lot of sense on paper uh, since Smith has played for Gallant before, proven playoff performer, right wing, all that, all that stuff. So, um, you know, there's there's a few other teams to look at right now. Nobody's in full sell mode. You know, Ottawa, I think, has some guys maybe that are open for business. You look at a guy like Chris Tierney, who's, who's a pending UFA doesn't really give you a lot scoring wise, but would certainly solidify that third line. And he's a guy who's played before with Barkley Goodrow. So maybe suddenly you have a, a Goodrow Tierney pair on that third line and you can move Philip Heedle around. Uh, and when Kako gets back, you've at least got a top nine that looks a little bit more secure as opposed to just a, a top six that's going to run people over and, and you cross your fingers when the third and fourth lines go out there. So forward, I think, is the focus right now. You know, you can never really be sure. Chris Drury keeps his cards pretty close to his chest here. So um, I don't think we're going to see too many moves right now. Maybe, you know, you think, are they looking more minor? Are they looking for something splashy? I mentioned Hurdle before. He's a guy, again, you have to keep an eye on. He's making noise about wanting to re-sign in San Jose. Um, But if he's on the market, there's going to be a lot of suitors for him. Um, And defense, you know, there's... I think I don't think they're looking to make anything splashy. It seems like the Jacob Chikrin rumors that came out a couple weeks ago were a little bit premature. I don't know if the Rangers went that far down the road on that one. Um, so I think maybe the focus is pro- would probably turn more to just finding that veteran guy to be a 6-7, to sub in on the left side, uh, to play with Schneider. And, you know, um, some interesting names come up. Uh, again, Detroit comes in. Mark Stahl has a full no-move clause. Um, you know, Steve Eiserman is a pretty shrewd guy, and he chose to re-sign Mark Stahl and let Patrick Nemeth walk. And I, I know that there's a long history with uh, Ranger fans and Mark Stahl. He was here for 13 years, almost 900 games, a ton of playoff games. Um, and he certainly isn't the player he once was, but he's been good enough to play with a lot of different guys in that Detroit defense. And they've been better, I think, than, than most people have expected. 
So whether he would want to come back here, not really known. It's obviously his choice with the with the no move, um, and it's the Rangers' choice if they want to try to expend some capital to bring him back here. Again, these are not guys that are going to cost anything more than a third round pick or something equivalent. So you're really looking more on the cheap. Um, but of those guys, Stahl is definitely one in the mix. I think I mentioned Ben Sherratt out of Montreal. I think that's a guy who's going to go for a first and probably fill a bigger role. So I don't know if he's a fit with the Rangers. Um, but you look at a guy like Calvin DeHaan in Chicago, um, not a hugely veteran playoff performer, but a veteran who's been around on the island. Carolina, Chicago, a uh, bit injury prone, but he's pretty steady. Um, so he might fit what they're looking for. He's, you know, a guy who's got the right attitude, I think, to fill that sort of role. Um, you know, I think a, a bigger name guy to fill that role is Mark Giordano in Seattle. Um, you know, those are that's, that's a GM and Ron Francis who keep things keeps things even tighter than Jury does. So there could have been conversations there. Knowing uh, that Jury has certainly been talking to some other teams, you'd have to figure he's been talking to Seattle, which is languishing near the bottom of the Western standings. Um, Giordano's available there. You look at guys up front. Cali Yarncroke is another one of those third line type guys who could at least rearrange the the top nine to make them a little bit more, uh, a little bit a little bit heavier to deal with uh, in terms of lines one, two, and three. He's not really going to give you a whole lot beyond that. Um, but Giordano was, you know, I think the Rangers did more than kick the tires on him in the in the off season. And now, you know, it's a big cap hit that I, that may scare a few teams off. The the Rangers really wouldn't have to have Seattle retain any salary on that one. He's a guy who would probably be okay with some third line minutes to, to try to challenge for a decent playoff run. And maybe depending on how things shake out as a guy who would take, you know, a pretty reduced salary for, for that sort of role going forward, you know, um, it's 38, which is old, but for an NHL player. Um, but I think, you know, you see the minutes he's playing in Seattle, he's up around 20 a night still. Uh, and if you could get that down to 16 or 17 and have him, fill that veteran role and be a presence, which he's been for a long, long time in Calgary. Um, there's a lot of appeal there, Reason, all those reasons why the Rangers really looked at him hard in the offseason. So I would think that he's going to be in play if uh, if they're looking to make that move. And again, we look back at the look back at the Islanders who are not really on a trajectory to make the playoffs right now. And again, with the qualifier that Ranger-Islander trades are not that easy to pull off. But Andy Green, uh, approaching 40 years old, the, the Islanders went out and got him at the deadline a couple of years ago. And the two years they've had him, they've gone to the conference finals both years. And he's been a, a steady third pair guy for both of those runs. So um, I'd be interested to see what the conversations are between Lula Amarillo and Andy Green about uh, whether he wants to move. And he's a guy who's spent his entire NHL career in the tri-state area. So I'd have to think if the choice is up to Andy Green, the only place he'd want to go is to the Rangers. It's someplace close by. They're the only team within driving distance of his home in Jersey that's in a playoff chase right now. So that's not one that's going to happen anytime soon, I don't think. And it's certainly not something that's going to be a big cost to the Rangers, but uh, but a guy to put on the back burner as well. Someone who's got some experience, got some experience in big games and is, is the sort of steady presence that I think a young decor would, would like to have.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, final segment here. I'm going to bring in uh, my producer, Crazy Ranger fan, Chris Flannery. Chris, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I love being known as the Crazy Ranger fan. I will. I you will must take have been sure. really stressed out these last two weeks with nothing, no Ranger hockey to watch. Yeah, it's it is. Uh, I mean, I'm glad they got the break. It was nice to see Kreider uh, play well in the All Star game. But yeah, it's t- a two week break is a long time. Like you said at the beginning of the show, it's nice. You know, they had four practice days, which. Usually bodes well. They're probably chomping at the bit a bit to get out there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's two weeks is an eternity. I, I hate that. <laughs> well, you will have lots of games now. 35 games in the next, whatever, I think 78, 79 days. It's going to be uh, it's going to be intense. And uh, so you won't be lacking for games. Right yeah. now, the Rangers sit third in the Metro. Uh, I think they'd play Carolina if the season ended today, but based on points percentage, because the game's played is still pretty wonky, it's probably the Penguins uh, in a 2-3 matchup. Is there, of the eight teams that seem pretty solid in the playoffs in the East, is there a matchup that, for you, works better than others? Playing the Bruins tonight, who are kind of sitting in eighth. Washington's below them in the wild card. Uh, the Rangers would have to slip to the wild card to have a Florida Tampa Toronto option but really so really like Pittsburgh Carolina maybe if they if they get on a hot streak and finish first they could play one of those Washington Boston wildcard teams who who do you want to see in the first round man I mean uh, Carolina Boston is um uh, excuse me Carolina Pittsburgh those are uh, Pittsburgh obviously went through a lot of injuries earlier in the season now Crosby's um you know been one of the hottest players in the league over the last you know several weeks or whatever month that that team always just worries me when you get into a playoff series. They're so well coached by Mike Sullivan. Um, they just know how to win. You know, that team has been there and they know that the window to do that is, is, is closing a bit. So, you know, they're going to have, um, you know, they're going to be firing on all cylinders when they get into the playoffs. That said, I think that could be a really fun matchup. And I think the Rangers can probably match them uh, now uh, f- offensively. I think, you know, the Rangers arguably have the edge there. So, you know, I think that could be a good matchup, but that team definitely worries me. Like you talked about before, you know, Marshawn's injured right now. Uh, Bergeron is out. No Rask. I think goaltending is an issue for the Bruins. Um, so that could be a, a good matchup for them. Um, the Caps could be fun. I think similarly, they, they're not super set. You know, they don't have their goaltending um, proven in the playoffs yet. So, I think that could be a fun one. Obviously, the Tom Wilson thing would be just fascinating for a, a, another playoff series. Um, I'd probably want to stay away from Carolina, honestly. After, I, mean, I think the Rangers had a rough, you know, first whatever twenty five minutes against Carolina the last time they played. They they kind of found their legs and and started to make a comeback and started to show that they could hang with that team. Um, and obviously, the Rangers were shorthanded a bit, but you kind of want to stay away from Carolina, I think, as long as possible. So. To me, I guess Pittsburgh would be okay. Washington's probably – that's probably who I would take. I think it would just be a fun first round, a team they're familiar with, and um, you know they, we definitely have the edge in goaltending probably playing against most teams, but I, I think we'd probably have it there too. So, um, yeah, maybe the Caps. Yeah, I think, I think Carolina is the one, 
the one Carolina and Florida. You don't want to slip so far down the end of playing the first place team in, in the Atlantic because that's probably going to be your Eastern Conference champion. Yeah. Um, and Carolina, I think, just is a terrible matchup for the Rangers the way they are right now. Yes. It's uh, they're too fast. They're too skilled. You know, the Rangers kind of cede a lot of ground to almost every team in terms of shots and chances these days, uh, at least uh, kind of on the whole throughout the season. Um, and that one really, I think, would scare me if I were them. That they just move, they move at a different pace than most teams, and certainly even the, more so than the Rangers in their own end. So, yep. Yep. you'd have to be a lot of Igor Shesterkin to get out of that series. So, uh, that's the matchup right now, obviously, but things can change. I can't, I can't see the Penguins continuing on to beat out Carolina for first in the division, but stranger things have happened. So, right. um, and as we talk about the playoffs and going in deep, um, Vitaly Kravtsov's name still bandied about on the trade market. I don't think there's been a lot of people asking for him uh, from the Rangers. Um his K- the KHL season has been kind of altered uh, during their shutdown for the Olympic break. They were shut down before the Olympic break for COVID. Uh, I think uh, the announcement was uh, when everybody returns from the Olympics, they're basically going to go for a few days of practice and then straight into the playoffs on March 1st. Uh, Kravtsov's team is going to make the playoffs. Who knows how far they go, but it could be two weeks, could be four weeks, could be six weeks, however long it goes. He'll be back before he's he'll be eligible to return before the regular season ends over here. Is that a guy you want back if he's not traded? I mean, it's been it's been a, a real soap opera between him and the Rangers these last couple of years. But uh, but he he plays the right side and he could help because there's not a lot going on on the right side. Is that a guy that you want who would want to see back after all that's going on? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that's a, it's a tough one. It's interesting. I'll, I'll answer that question in in a second. But it's interesting because last uh, season when he was playing in the KHL, all you saw when you would scroll through Twitter was, oh, look at this highlight goal score by Kravtsov. Look at this play he made. Oh, he had four points tonight. You know, like you don't see a ton of that right now. I mean, I, I admittedly, I, I haven't been following super closely what he's doing in the KHL. I mean, I think it's good that he's there and, you know, getting some playing time and just, you know, finding his his comfort level again. I mean, I I don't think you can throw away, uh, you know, a prospect that you, you moved up in the draft to get, or did they didn't trade up in it, but they, they kind of took him off the board. You know what I mean? They, they, they took him at a a spot higher than he probably was ranked when he was drafted. Um, Mm -hmm. He's shown some skill when he's been up. I mean, he hasn't been lights out, but I think he showed a little bit more physicality than I was expecting when he, when he got some playing time at the end of last year. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, I, I look, obviously there, I, I don't know what, what goes on specifically behind the scenes. You, you had an article when you first started covering the team where you kind of, uh, you know, talked about maybe he has a, a poor relationship with Chris Drury for whatever reason. And, you know, they didn't end on good terms, but listen, he's a kid, you know, he's a prospect that they're trying to develop and somebody that they felt highly uh, enough about to, to draft him um, kind of off the board there. So yeah, I mean, I'd welcome him back. Why not? You know, I mean, there's you. He's still uh, a Rangers property. You, you you bring him here, and who knows? Maybe he he learned his lesson, or the team has a better way of dealing with him, or whatever the situation is. But yeah, of course, why why not welcome him back and and at least see what you have? Because if he plays well, and maybe you still don't like the the attitude or whatever it is, then you know maybe you can show him off to some other teams, and you have a piece to move. Uh, in the off season or going into next year, but uh, it's certainly not a good idea to, um, you know, continue the track record kind of with same thing with Leah Anderson, where you get a guy, it doesn't work out. And then he's just gone without ever really 
uh, getting a chance to to show what he has with the Rangers. So, yeah, I, I would definitely welcome him back. Obviously, the right side's an issue, and who knows? Maybe he can solidify, uh, you know, the top nine there if, if you bring him back. But, you know, all kind of remains to be seen what happens with um, the KHL season. And I know we were going to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the other prospects that are really enticing that, that you see a lot about Brendan Othman, uh, Will Cooley, you know, some of these guys look fantastic when you see uh, the, the highlights uh, on Twitter and everything. So, you know, there's a lot of names still in the pipeline, but Kraftsoff's still there, and I, I would definitely welcome him back. Yeah, you mentioned some of the prospects, and we did a week last week uh, of kind of shining a, a quick little spotlight on on five guys that are having outstanding seasons, often kind of being the main one. I think he leads the entire Canadian juniors in goal scoring this year. The Flint Firebirds named him captain. Uh, not long ago, and it was interesting to talk to his his coach in Flint, Ted Dent, about why you name someone captain in the middle of the season. I think it was coach's first year there, so he kind of wanted to figure out who's who and and who kind of leads the way. And he said it was uh, it was Othman was out in COVID protocol a couple of games, and the team just wasn't the same. Not just because of the scoring, but just because of the presence that he brings. And so this is a kid who, um, you know, you you don't always see the arrow pointing. The, completely straight up after a, a high pick in his post draft year, but uh but the arrow's pointing up for him and and that's an exciting possibility. And I think the the other one you mentioned, Will Cooley, who's having a big goal scoring year in Windsor. Uh Mark Savard, another former Ranger draft pick, former NHLer for a long time as his coach, and he threw out a pretty big uh comparison, said he he reminded him a little bit of Milan Lucic, this guy who Savard played with when they were when uh in Boston. Uh, and that's a big compliment. <laughs> Milan Lucic has been a good player in the NHL for a long time. So, um, but I think Cooley, who got a taste of the AHL life last season, um, probably would have been there again this year. But for the strange loophole that uh, minimum number of games he needed to play as an underager to, to stay in the AHL, he's ready to be a pro. And I think um, he has the attributes that that Chris Jury likes, that Gerard Gallant likes. Um, I think having him in the fold for most of last season, even though it was, it was whatever, 18 games, 24 games, uh, that brings your stock up quite a bit. And, um, you know, I think being able to kind of play that big boy hockey and, and junior hockey is not always that way. It's, it's, you know, the age gaps are pretty big between 16, 17, and 19, 20. But, uh, but him having that experience at the pro level, you know, he he's a guy I could see if that if Windsor season doesn't go too far, um, he's a guy I could see coming in and kind of maybe having that situation where he spots into a playoff game or something like that uh, because he's the most ready of of their prospect group. Yeah, that's exciting. That's that's really cool to hear because you know the other thing that I think is is nice about I mean obviously Brennan Othman looks fantastic and that's somebody that you know Rangers fans will be excited to see get here. But when you talk about somebody like Will Cooley where he plays like a Lucic type style. I mean, that's, they don't need anybody else really in their top six. I mean, you know, we've talked about it. They can use a right wing, but there's some options there where they can bring people in and hopefully Kako, you know, gets back and he's fine. And maybe Lafreniere can hold down a spot. When you start talking about a guy like Will Cooley, where he can play, just really slot him into that third line or fourth line role, you know, go out, have some big hits, score some goals. That's that's really where this, this team needs to add. And when you know you have a guy like that potentially on the horizon as early as, um, you know, the the end of this season or, or or going into next season, that's that's really exciting. That that's a that's a good name, and I'm very excited about that kid. And when you mentioned those those guys, Brett Berard was another just having a good season in Providence in the NCAA. Um, 
Ryder Korchak, who was a more recent draft pick, who's really turned it on in Moose Jaw in the Western League, and Dylan Grant, who uh, was probably going to be the number one goalie for the World Junior Team for Canada before that tournament got shut down in December and is having an outstanding season in the Western League in goal. Um, You see that there's four. those are four forwards. The Rangers don't have a ton of high-level forwards in in Hartford right now. But it also just adds to the idea that where are all these guys going to play? You can't play everybody. They obviously have an overabundance of defensemen. they have a, a number one goalie for many, many years. Um, and even, you know, you have Kako, you have Lafreniere, you have Heedle, maybe you move one of those guys, but you have your your top three that are here for a long time, Kreider, Zibanejad, Panera, and Strom maybe, but you're going to fill that spot with a veteran. You have to move some of these guys out sometimes. So when I when I hear a lot of fans in the comments say of the story say, why are we going to make a big move? Let's hold on to our assets. Let's plan a little bit more for the future. You know, that's what they've been doing for four years. Jim Dolan didn't want to see any more of that. That's part of the reason why John Davidson and Jeff Gordon aren't here anymore, and Chris Drury is. So, um, you know, you don't have to mortgage the, the entire future. You're not going to trade two first-round picks for for a couple of guys at this trade deadline. But um, there comes a time when you have to stop gathering and start going for it. And when you have a team that's played above its level, I think, for a lot of this season – Maybe this is the time to at least let a few of those those kind of cards that you're holding go and uh, and really see what you can do with uh, with adding some depth because I think even the guys in the room understand that this is not this team as constituted right now even fully healthy with Kako in it is not a deep enough team to make a real playoff run and maybe they're one or two guys away and if that's the case well you have the space and you have the assets to get one or two guys so I'm curious to see what Chris Jury does and, you know, how, how the fan base feels about it because we've been in, you know, we've kind of been in temporary mode, you know, been kind of like wait and see mode. Well, the waiting's over, I think, uh, based on the way that they've played and the success that they've had and the chance that they have to maybe win a round or two, maybe even three if they can be deep enough and, and their goalie plays well enough. So, um, you know, I, I don't know that there's a reason to wait much longer. Yeah, no, I, I'm completely, I completely agree with you. That's the thing. I mean, they've been patient. They, they've developed these guys where the you have the opportunity to bring in a Braden Schneider. You could throw a, you know, Nils Lundqvist who was a little bit up and down, but he started to find his footing a bit. Zach Jones, obviously, all, all, you know, there's the names go on and on now of guys that you're starting to see come into the lineup. Still, guys right on the horizon, the Matthew Robertsons, people like that. So they now is the time. The window, you know, is starting to open or it's open. You know, you, you, you have Panarin right now in his prime. You have Zibanejad close to his prime. Kreider's having a, a career year. Fox is, is, you know, obviously one of the best defensemen in the league. So Shesterkin is, you know, playing unbelievable, but he's a bit older for a guy, you know, who's just kind of starting out his career. So they got to do it, I think. You know, this is uh, the next three, four, five years is really in the window. And then, you know, we, we, we saw it happen to the team's that went to the Eastern Conference Final and went to the final. Once you don't do it, and once you get past that window, you know you got to start moving people out and start, uh, you know, kind of restocking the cupboard. But um, yeah, no, this is the time for sure. So, and they and they have the pieces to do it. I, I, as a guy that's watched this team for his whole life, basically, I mean, I think they're, you know, they're three, four pieces away. You know, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's crazy. I think they could probably add two of those pieces at this deadline. So I I think, uh, you know, the time is now for sure. Well, uh, Chris is always good stuff. And uh, thank you for your input. We always like to have the voice of, uh, of the guy who pays attention to this team for a long time. I'm fairly new to it, but you've been watching for a long time. So we'd like to have your perspective here. Thanks. 
Thanks for that. No, thank you. Thanks for having me, and uh, always happy to get, get my perspective. Thanks. I like it. And everyone out there, thanks for listening to The Garden Faithful. Please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a five-star rating and review if you want. Helps us grow the show. Lets us know you're enjoying what you're hearing. And also, Jacob Truba was the guest uh, this week on The Athletic Hockey Show, so be sure to check that one out. And right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for just a dollar a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash TGF. Thanks again, Chris. I'm Arthur Staple. This is The Garden Faithful. Talk to you next week. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.